Welcome to the 17th episode of our podcast series for advisors considering the independent space. Today's episode is independent, but not alone. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com, and on wealthmanagement.com, as well as iTunes and other resources. In our last episode, Nathan Backrack was gracious enough to share his story with me, how he built his business, why he decided to merge it with another RIA firm, how the deal got done, and what he solved for by doing so. Valuable insights since one of the most frequently asked questions by breakaway prospects is, who are the buyers for an independent business and how does it all work? In today's episode, I'd like to step back to address some other fundamental questions that advisors considering independence are often concerned about early in the process. They say, there are certainly aspects of independence that are appealing to me especially gaining freedom, flexibility, control, and ownership. But I'm concerned about feeling isolated and having to manage the day-to-day minutiae of the business. How could I go independent if I only want to focus on what I do best, which is managing money and nurturing client relationships? And with whom does an independent advisor brainstorm best practices and share and synergize experiences? These are certainly fair concerns, and so I thought we would focus today on the ways to create a sense of community and support if someone chooses to leave the mothership and plant the flag of independence. Most folks will acknowledge that they are good advisors, but after having spent their careers at a big firm where all aspects of operations, legal, risk, technology, and the like have been managed for them, they have no idea how or the desire, for that matter, to be a business owner. And to make matters worse, a prospective breakaway advisor is leaving behind a branch office, staffed with colleagues and management, giving many the idea that independence means being lonely. So is it possible to find support, camaraderie, synergy, idea sharing, and the like in the independent space? Can an advisor go independent but not have to manage anything but his core competencies? The answer is a wholehearted and resounding yes. In the last decade, we've watched the industry landscape expand to include a whole cottage industry to support the breakaway advisor. This includes law firms, compliance, operations and tech consultants, service providers, equity investors, lenders, strategic and capital partners, outsourced COOs and chief compliance officers, to name a few. The list continues to grow. So in short, it is possible for an advisor to go independent and outsource just about any aspect of running the business. And one of the first things that any breakaway advisor will tell you is that he's amazed by the willingness of other independent business owners to share best practices and ideas. While these fellow entrepreneurs may not be sitting next to you, they will become part of your community by way of introduction from your independent broker-dealer, who might encourage communication amongst advisors and facilitate study groups, or from the custodians, Schwab, Fidelity, TD, and the like. 
these custodians encourage synergies and all sorts of meetings, cocktail parties, conferences, and local events for just that reason. And if a breakaway chooses to associate with a service provider or strategic partner, like Dynasty Financial Partners or Focus Financial Partners, then there's a whole network of like-minded business owners to commune with beyond just the custodians. Still, there are many wirehouse advisors who are intrigued by the idea of going independent, but in the end opt not to because they think that doing so means being alone in an office bogged down by operations and minutia. It's both the notion of being alone and having to build something from scratch that can be unappealing and an ultimate showstopper. For many, it should be a showstopper. But let's discuss some ways to be independent, surrounded by other advisors, and plug into an already established infrastructure if someone is still called to be independent. So an Office of Supervisory Jurisdiction, or an OSJ as it's called, sits in the independent broker-dealer world. And firms like LPL, Securities America, Royal Alliance, and other independent broker-dealers use the OSJ construct to offer compliance oversight, access to scale pricing, enhanced services, and probably most importantly, middle and back office support, as well as a community of similarly situated advisors. Those that choose an OSJ value the additional support and service despite the additional cost. The second way is to join an established independent firm, or what the industry calls a tuck-in. Well-established independent firms, especially in the RIA space, that have created a scalable infrastructure are looking to recruit and can offer breakaway advisors all the benefits of independence, including a higher payout and open architecture, in a fully supported plug-and-play environment. In fact, not only are these larger independent firms good homes for prospective breakaways, but they're also the home for small standalone already independent firms who want to solve for succession and offload the minutia of running a business by selling to a larger firm. Certainly with this option, the advisor will not have as much control or the ability to self-brand as if he were to build his own firm but he will likely be considered for partnership in this already established firm, and it may in fact be worth the trade-off in order not have to deal with the minutia of running the business. Third way is by leveraging a service provider. So firms like Dynasty Financial Partners and Hightower Advisors have had enormous success because they play a critical role for breakaway advisors in custom building an independent firm offering transition and growth support, capital, and best-in-class platform and technology. Whether it's putting loans out for bid to multiple banks, shopping for top fixed income returns, or accessing multiple alternative investment platforms, these firms allow an advisor to create competition for price and service, thus extending a superior experience to the clients. Plus, the advisor under these networks become part of a community, and gain access to enhanced resources, better pricing, and ongoing support for middle and back office functions, including compliance. The fourth option 
are strategic and capital partners, to leverage them, that is. Investors and independent firms, especially in the RIA space, typically purchase up to 50% of an advisor or firm's EBITDA and in return give the seller cash and equity consideration, often with cap gains treatment. Much like with service providers, these capital partners like Focus Financial or AMG, Affiliated Managers Group, manage the breakaway transition process, custom build the RIA, and provide access to state-of-the-art platform, a technology suite, and scale pricing. This model is ideal for the advisor that needs a way to monetize at least part of the business in the short term, wants to leverage the capital and deal expertise of the investor in order to drive inorganic growth, and where the advisor wants to join a community of other top independent firms. And finally, there's the quasi-independent space. While technically an advisor who joins an already established firm like Stewart Partners, William Blair, Snowden Lane, Crescent Wealth Advisors, or First Republic Wealth Management isn't really independent, for some folks who like certain aspects of the RIA world, like third-party custody, like the ability to separate custody from advice and product manufacturing, and getting away, far away, that is, from the big brokerages, but still don't want to deal with the brain damage of building or running an ongoing business, quasi-independence might be just the ticket. And it's a really popular choice these days. By joining any one of these firms and many others, an advisor gets access to an open architecture, multi-custodial platform delivered in a full-service branch environment. While the advisor under these models is giving up his ability to self-brand and to be a 1099 business owner, for more and more folks, this feels like the best of all worlds. And they love the idea of being part of a community of high net worth focused advisors who are all swimming in the same direction, building one firm that they believe will have more enterprise value at day's end than anything they could have built on their own. At the end of the day, while the notion of leaving what is familiar behind can feel overwhelming, the independent space has emerged as the premier destination for countless sophisticated wirehouse teams. More and more industry innovators have stepped up to respond to the needs of these folks, creating communities, scaffolding, support, and outsourced coverage, and what we call soft landing spots, complete with bandwidth, capacity, know-how, and capital allowing affiliated advisors to remain laser-focused on client service. In our next episode, we will look at the ways that an independent firm can make itself attractive to sellers, adding inorganic growth to the mix, and thus morphing what is currently a practice into a business with real enterprise value. The profound impact that M&A can have on the value of a firm will be our focus and I hope you will join us. Until then, I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for some valuable content. And if you're not already a recipient of our weekly email, 
Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. Feel free to email me or call if you have any specific questions. I can be reached in complete confidence at 908-879-1002 or by email at mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. I thank you for listening. I also want to thank wealthmanagement.com for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.